And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining us on the Zoom line today is Dr. Michael Ziegler, speaker of the Lutheran Hour. And Michael, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Thanks for the invitation, Dan. I um, I didn't ask you whether I address you Michael or Dr. Ziegler, but... Um, Michael's fine, yeah. <laughs> I hope that's okay. Um, I want to begin with a story right away. One of the highlights, uh, we have a long trip to church on Sunday morning, my wife and me. Uh, children are grown now, moved out of the home. So on our way to church, um, it's during the 9 o'clock hour, and that's when we happen to air the Lutheran hour on Redeemer Broadcasting. We repeated another hour uh, later in the day. But um, one of the highlights is just actually tuning in to you guys, and you in particular. We appreciate your style. It always captures our attention, and you speak truth, and you do it with uh, real sincerity and love, uh, love for the people that you're speaking to, and and that's so important. So can you tell us a little bit um, about how long you've been serving with the Lutheran Hour Ministries and anything like that you'd like to open with? Well, first, thank you for the encouragement. It's it's good to know that that people are listening. We we work really hard to put this program together every week. It's it's obviously it's not just me. We have a whole production team, and we we love the work that we do. And it's good to know that it's landing well. Yes. I've been serving in this position for almost five years, and I am the 10th pastor to be in this position. The program has been on the air for 90-plus years, and we are carrying this heritage forward. It's a, it's a ministry of our church body. We're associated with the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, but we are— out there for everyone who who is open to hearing about Jesus, who is open to or interested in hearing in his word and uh, the words and deeds of God recorded in the Bible. So we we keep putting it out there, and we've been doing it for 90 years and have no plans to stop. <laughs> well, that's good. I, I'm a, kind of a fan of the Lutheran Hour. And um, during these months of August, I believe you— you have other speakers on or something, so I, I'm thinking, I wonder if he's on vacation or something during this time. <laughs> we take a little bit of vacation. We got to go to you Colorado it. this last last June and some other speaking engagements that I get to be a part of in person. I like speaking on the radio, but speaking in person is always better. That's right. In my opinion, you get to see how the words are impacting the people you're sharing with. So we get to do some speaking up at a camp in Michigan earlier this summer. And, and I've got a full travel schedule coming up this fall. I bet you do. And you, you need to stay healthy. And yes, sir. Do you have time for exercise? I do. I do. I serve in the Air Force Reserves still, and they they force me to make time. I fa- in fact, I have Very to take good. my Air Force fitness test in a couple of weeks. So you can say a prayer for me. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I, I hope our listeners do pray for you. Um, that raises an interesting point. You weren't always a pastor. Tell us what you did uh, earlier in your life. 
I am a son of a, a military man. My my father was in the Air Force for 21 years. He and my mom, we they moved us all around across the country at different assignments. We moved 11 times before I graduated high school. I grew up watching him put on a uniform and go to work and serve our country, and that was something that I wanted to do since I was as well as young as I can remember. And one of our assignments was in Colorado Springs at the well, we were near the Air Force Academy. My dad was stationed at Peterson Air Force Base. But we had season tickets to the Air Force Academy football games, and I loved watching those <laughs> cadets go out there in their service dress uniforms, and they do a, a number of push-ups for however many points Air Force just scored. Right. So when when we're playing Notre Dame, we don't we don't do a lot of push-ups. But when we're playing another school, we can we can do a lot of push-ups. But I saw those cadets out there, and they were flying gliders and jumping out of airplanes, and that had been a dream of mine for a wow. long time. And I, I was blessed to go there, and I graduated in two thousand one. And you you incur a five year service commitment, active duty, and I did that. Was stationed at various places around the country, Delaware, probably the closest to you, Dover Air Force Base in Delaware, and then all the way on the other side of the country at Fairchild Air Force Base in Spokane, Washington, and some places in between. Wow. Around 2004 or so, I, I sensed that God was leading me into ministry, so I looked into attending seminary, and I, I chose Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, and was able to continue on as a reservist to help pay for seminary and support my family. I, I was married yeah. and had two young kids at the time, and now we've got four kids, and they're, they're grown, growing up very quickly, and have continued to serve in the Air Force as a, doing my old job as an aircraft maintenance officer. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So you know how to fix planes? Well— I'm an I'm an officer, so I know enough to uh, keep me well, or to get me in trouble. Maybe depends on how you see it. My main <laughs> job is to help support the, the sergeants, the airmen out there who are turning the wrenches and Beautiful. make sure they have what they need and answer to the colonel when uh, he's got questions. Yeah. You also have a background um, early on in your education in engineering. Did I read that correctly? Yes, yes. Yeah. I studied general engineering. It, at the Air Force Academy, did a minor in math. I I like problem solving. I love building Wonderful. things, and and it's it's. I also like art, and so I find that preaching is a good combination. There's a technical side to it, but also a creative and imaginative side to it. So yeah. it, I, I feel like God has uh, equipped me well for this task. Ah, uh, very good. Well, today we're talking with the Reverend Doctor Michael Ziegler. And you may recognize that name. He is the speaker of the Lutheran Hour, and uh, he's one of our favorites here. Um, your family, when you grew up, being in the Air Force, they moved around a lot, as I understand. We did. I was born in North Dakota, and we were stationed at, at that base three different times on three separate yeah. occasions, uh, so a total of seven years, or as my mom counts it, uh, seven winters in North Dakota. <laughs> but we were also in Nebraska and Colorado, Ohio, Alabama, Virginia, all over wow. the place. Yeah, that's uh, 
that's valuable. It's also, depending on the family, it could also put a little bit of strain on, on some families going through that. For sure. We, we felt that, although not as, as badly as, as some feel it in the military. Of course, in, in different jobs, in different branches of services, the, the military member has to be away for large amounts of time, you know, months yeah. at a time, sometimes a year at a time. And that is a, a huge burden. Thankfully, my father never was away for more than a few weeks. He, yeah. he didn't have a long year remote tour or anything like that. So okay. it, it drew, drew us together. I remember one of the occasions we were moving and I, I look around and, and my older brother, Matt, sitting next to me in the, in the old 1984 Bronco and we're towing something behind us. And, and I, I had this sense of this is home. It, it's wherever my family is and wherever the Lord leads us. It doesn't matter where we're, where we're actually, where our address is. Yeah. This is home. Yeah. That's neat. Well, um, so now you have this huge responsibility of being the speaker for the Lutheran Hour. And um, sometimes your sermon starts off and I think, well, what prompted that thought? How did he think of this? So what goes through your mind as you prepare a sermon for the Lutheran Hour? I always start with a passage from the Bible, whatever passage from the Bible that I want to preach on. or In the Lutheran Church, we follow the common lectionary. Yes. So there's, there's readings, and I, not every church body does this, but we generally follow readings that walk through the life of Jesus every year. And so you have the high seasons of Christmas and, and the season of Advent leading up to that, and then... Sure. Holy Week, Passion, and, and Jesus' death and resurrection celebrated Easter time, giving of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, Jesus' ascension into heaven. All these things kind of order the year for our church body. So we try to complement. We don't follow those lectionary readings sure. exactly, but we, we complement them and, and follow those general movements of the church year. So we, I, I start with the passage that, that is uh, going to be preached on, and I, I learn it by heart. And wow. I live with it, and I, I, I see what it does to me, see what, what the Word of God, the Spirit of God does to me. But then I try to think about, okay, how do I build a bridge to the listener who has not been immersed in the Scriptures like I have in, in this last week, a, a listener who's coming to us fresh, maybe for the very first time. That, that's the focus of the Lutheran Hour. We, of Beautiful. course, want to edify and lift up and encourage committed believers in Jesus, and, and like you were saying, you and your wife listen on the way to church. We love that. But, but we, we want to focus on that person who just happens to stumble across us right. and to, to tune in. And so I'm always trying to think about that person. How do I build a bridge from common experience, everyday life, and show how everything points us back to Jesus, to, to the Word of God and what He's done and uh, that's that's where I that's how I start. That's right. Before we open the mic, we were discussing a little bit of your your home there with your wife Amy, and I believe you have four children. And I think she carried the load of homeschooling. Can you talk about that a little bit? She did. My wife Amy and I have been married a little over twenty years twenty twenty two years now, 
And she has homeschooled our children for about 20 years. Our youngest son was born pretty quickly right after we were married, and she started him in preschool. She has a background in elementary education and had aspirations of being a teacher, whether it be in a Christian school or a public school. She's worked in both in short term. But since we were moving so much with the Air Force and then moving again with seminary and being a pastor, she she decided, we decided that we were going to take it one year at a time. And for mm-hmm. us, homeschool made sense for our, our young or our oldest when he was young. And then each year we reevaluated and, and she ended up doing that for 20 years. And yeah. now now it's made sense that the two oldest are going to be out of the house away at college. And it made sense for us to send our younger two boys outside of the homeschool. Mm-hmm. I, I don't say traditional school. I say no. outside of the homeschool because <laughs> it's actually more traditional, at least in this country, to do homeschool. Yeah. And uh, so we send them to outside of the homeschool. They're both a part of Christian schools that we support and we love the community there. Yes. And so we're not really... We just try to take it each year, one year at a time, Smart. and w- whatever fits our child's needs that year, whatever fits our family, that's that's how we determine it. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a wise move. Well, so you have this load hanging over your head. Can I put it that way? It sounds negative, of doing the Lutheran Hour regularly, and you got to plan ahead. It's not just for one week. I'm, I'm sure you're looking ahead. You've talked about the uh, lectionary. And I I'm in a, happen to be in a church that kind of follows the lectionary as well. And uh, also when we pick a scripture of the week here at Redeemer Broadcasting, listeners don't realize, but it actually comes from the lectionary uh, to kind of show respect for the, the traditions of the church and, uh, and, and maybe help other people that are in a church where that is practiced. And they'll say, oh, I just heard that this Sunday. But uh, our guest today is Dr. Michael Ziegler of the Lutheran Hour, and um, let's talk about that person who you're speaking to who has not grown up in the church, who um, is really maybe uh, maybe troubled and, and trips across the broadcast. Um, there's a lot of a lot of folks like that, I would think. Um, what would you challenge them today as they're listening to this broadcast? we got maybe 10, 11 minutes left um, of uh, finding the Lord Jesus. Now, we know the Lord does a wonderful work. He draws us in ways that we can never imagine, but he will use a broadcast like the Lutheran Hour to do that. What kind of words would you encourage that person with today? The mindset that I approach when I begin a sermon and think about how to articulate it, I want to start with my my personal experience. I think in, in our time, the respect for authority is not what it was when the Lutheran Hour started in the 30s and the 40s. Mm. And so I'm, I'm not going to try to talk to somebody as the voice of authority. Now, certainly— Jesus represents authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. But I want to approach the listener as a human being, as a friend, as a brother, who's got the same kind of struggles that everybody else does, same kind of fears, anxieties, hopes, and dreams. And I want to relate to the listener on that level. And so I I hope, even if we never get to meet, uh, that the listener would, would sense that 
I, I want to interact with them as a friend. And, yeah. and then as they get to know me as a friend, the most important part about me is that I am a, a follower of Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah. And he's a real guy. He is, you can, you can learn about him from history. The New Testament is historical. It is uh, documentation of what he did and who he said he was. And, and of course, it's, it's literary. It's artistically designed. These are authors who penned scripture were, we say, inspired by God, but also yeah. they, are, they are smart guys and, and they want to persuade and they want to share and they want to promote who, who they believe Jesus is. And this, these documents have shaped Western culture and in some sense global culture for the last two, three millennia. And so I encourage the listener to interact with them and, and see what, mm. what they – that there is, a, there is a concrete realness about them. This isn't just religious ideas. This, these are uh, events, persons from history. And I am persuaded that Jesus is who he says he is. And he's the, he's the most important person to me in my whole life. In fact, he, he shapes everything that I, that I see and I think and I feel. And he can do that because he's the creator and he, he knows me. He knows you. He knows every person intimately because he created us and he has good plans for us, plans to give us a hope and a future, as Jeremiah said. So I know that a lot of people, they struggle with loneliness and isolation, feeling like they don't belong, they don't fit, or that there's so many things to be afraid of. So I want every listener to know that that they have a creator who's a loving father who sent his son to make them a son, a daughter forever. Amen. Yeah. Well, now I want to talk to the person who is working very hard at a at a job day in and day out, and um, they're doing a good job. They might be th- tempted to think, well, what I'm doing is not as important as Dr. Ziegler or the people at Redeemer or the pastor in my pulpit every Sunday. Um, can you talk to that person about the, the importance of their work in this world? Absolutely. I think the Bible teaches us that every human being has two callings, primary callings. The first calling comes from Genesis chapter 1, that we are all called to be God's earth keepers, yes. care, caring for his creation and serving our neighbor and being God's image to every other person that we meet. And so anything you do in a factory, at a call center, in a school, in government, whatever it is, you are taking part in that caring for creation and fellow human beings commission. And that's mm-hmm. a good that's a good commission. That's our first commission, and we all participate in that commission regardless of what we believe. Mm. It is it, caring for God's people, God's creation. So that's important work, and none of us can do this on our own. God God delights in partnering with us, 
he gives his he gives us our daily bread through these vocations that's a you know a lutheran word we like to use that everyone is called to a certain vocation yes and that's our first commission and the second commission which is often called the great commission matthew 28 that exists to serve to restore that first commission Amen. That, that that jesus hasn't come to take us away into some floaty outer space he he says yep. he's come to restore he's come Amen. to renew the creation, blessed are the meek, they will inherit the earth. When he comes as king, he's going to renew and restore. Now, what that's going to look like and be like, you know, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what the Lord has in store that's for right. those who love him. But we know that he wants to confirm what he called good. And so every other, every human being has this second greater commission of restoration. Mm-hmm. And the, the way that the creation is restored is through a right relationship with God. Mm. Through through Jesus Christ, and this right relationship comes through the Word, the spoken Word. And what I do on the Lutheran Hour, I am a part of that spoken Word of God mission. What you do at Redeemer, this is part of the spoken Word of God mission. But this Word also comes through what Martin Luther called the mutual conversation of the brothers and the sisters. And 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 God works through that as a means of grace, a means to bring about faith is this mutual conversation of the saints. And so wherever you are, in the factory, in the call center, in this classroom, you have this word of God in you by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you to speak that word, not from a pulpit, maybe not from a program, but as a friend. And yeah. this is this is so powerful, Dan, because we learn we partner a lot with the Barna Group to do research, on, specifically on outreach. One of the most important insights for me is when Barna did this series of questions about spiritual conversations, and that's a conversation about faith or God or lack of faith, whatever. They asked non Christians. Well, who would you want to have a spiritual conversation with if you were going to have a conversation like that? Less than one in 10 said that they would want to talk to a professional, oh, a, prof- yes. a religious professional. Yeah. And so I take that as a, as a real roadblock for, for people like me who are in this professional religious business. And that's part of the reason why I try to approach the program as a friend first before that's right. I, I talk about my profession. The most important hopeful insight though is that six in ten of those non-christians said that they would be willing or interested in talking to a friend Mm. and that's that's you that's me on the on the on the ground boots on the ground so i mentioned i mentioned that i serve in the air force reserves there's a, a young man who's a a sergeant in the air force that i met on an air force reserve trip a couple years ago and he didn't know that I'm the speaker of the Lutheran hour. He didn't know that I'm a pastor. He just, he and I happened to be assigned to the same vehicle and we were on a long trip and we just started talking and he shared with me and he has since come, come back to the faith. He's since become a a member of my local church. He happened to live close to me. Uh. All these things happen, not just through me, but through many conversations, but it started because not because I was a, a pastor or a radio speaker, but because I was willing to be his his wingman, his airman. Amen. Next Amen. to him. Amen. Praise God for that. Yeah. Well, we've got about two minutes left. Our guest today is Dr. Michael Ziegler. 
and he's speaker of the Lutheran Hour. And Michael, if someone would like to get in touch with your group or maybe even yourself, are there any uh, URLs or emails or anything that you'd like to share? Yes, the, you can find everything at lutheranhour.org or our our larger ministry is called Lutheran Hour Ministries, and that's lhm.org. You can find okay. all about us. We're we're a global ministry. The Lutheran Hour is our main gospel outreach for North America, but we do work in 60 different countries around the globe and have a great team of staff and volunteers. We reach about 150 million people mm. every week with the good news of Jesus in, in radio, satellite, TV, print, person, in-person ministry. So check us out, lhm.org. Oh, that's beautiful. I want to thank you very much for taking your precious time and joining us today. And we don't usually do a Zoom like this, so I can actually see you today. And that's a yeah. real that's a real privilege. Um, I only ever hear you, but now we're seeing you. And um, this is Dr. Michael Ziegler, speaker of the Lutheran Hour. And any final word before we leave, Dr. Ziegler? Thank you for asking me to do this interview, Dan. Thank you for the work that you do out there. Where Where is your st- studio located? Yeah, the studio is near the Ashokan Reservoir in upstate New York, about halfway in between New York City and Albany. So I'm actually in the boonies, and I've, we have some chickens out back. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for, for doing the Lord's work there. And for all who are listening, just keep close to Jesus, uh, support each other. I think we we have a lot of fear in in this country, and we we sense that things are maybe worse <laughs> than yes. than they have been. And I just encourage you to remember I, Isaiah said in in uh, chapter five, you know, his the people in his day called evil good and good evil, and yes. and the book of Judges, you know, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. There's nothing new under the sun. God's people have faced these kinds of trials since, uh, well, since the fall, and he's been faithful. He's got us through all of them, and he'll continue to get us through them. Just, we'll just stay close to him, and we'll be all right. Amen. Praise be to God. Dr. Ziegler, thank you for joining us, and dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. <laughs> 